Welcome to Newest, Latest, Best, the quick daily show to keep you in the know with all of the newest information, latest releases, and the very best that games have to offer. I'm Jeff Kanata, and today is Saturday, September 23rd, 2017. <laughs> According to Steam, I've played 26 hours of Divinity Original Sin 2 so far, and it feels like I'm just digging into it. I'm just starting. God, I love this game. It is, there's so much there, so much to unpack, so much to do, so many wonderful little secrets to uncover, so many cool combinations of powers, so much to unravel story-wise. I'm having such a blast, but several of those hours has been spent in co-op. Uh, Divinity Original Sin 2 does a very interesting thing with co-op. It, it allows you to play with a friend in this big, top-down, isometric fantasy world in a way that I've never seen any video game do before, and that is complete freedom. It's complete freedom. You You join a party with a friend, but you can stick together, you can separate, you can do different quests, you can be in your own part of the world doing your own thing, or you can be teamed up in fights together. And it basically, I mean, I think Divinity, the idea behind it is really to capture what the magic of playing tabletop Dungeons and Dragons style role-playing games is, but doing that on a computer. And I think that's the kind of been the dream of role-playing games from their inception. I think the the origin of the very earliest role-playing games on, on a computer were trying to bring that DM-guided experience without having to have a DM. It was allowing the computer to create, to, to be the rules referee, as well as divvy out a story to you, but give you some of that freedom. And I've never seen a game do that more than Divinity does. It, it, it maintains a lot of the style of those games, of, of turn-based combat, allowing you to interact with NPCs in really emergent and vibrant ways, crafting your own character or inhabiting the origin of another, of experimenting in the world and seeing if you can figure out ways to take down challenges without doing it the direct way that they may have intended. And nowhere is that more the case, I think, than in their co-op mode where you really form a party with someone else and they do a lot of things in their systems that allow for co-op to be really special. I haven't played couch co-op yet, but I have played online. And in online, you control your individual character and your co-op partner or partners, you can have up to three to form a party of four, uh, control their individual characters. And the conversations that you get into... You control the outcomes, you control how you talk back and forth to the NPCs, and the other players are able to listen in to those conversations. So if you initiate the conversation, you're the one talking to the NPC, and it's really smart. You can, you can wander around, do your own thing while somebody else is having a conversation, and just you know, rely on them to relate that information to you later if you want, or you can you use a little ear icon and listen to the conversation and hear it uh, with the wonderful voice-acted dialogue that's in the game and, and listen in and, and follow along with the conversation, which I think is a really clever way of doing it. Also, 
if you are playing with fewer than four people, as as I was, I was playing just with one other guy. Uh, when you add new members into your party, the person who initiated that recruitment of the new NPC into your party is the one who controls them in combat. And combat works really, really well. You control your character. You wait your turn just like you would if you were playing a game of tabletop D&D. And you're able to use all your skills and then control the NPC that you recruited should that be the case in your party. We were having a ton of fun exploring the world together and figuring things out and fighting in combat and being inside this giant D&D module. But Divinity Original Sin 2 goes even further on that whole virtual D&D tip because they have a game master mode in the game as well, which allows you to actually use the engine of Divinity Original Sin 2 to run your own role-playing campaigns. It has a dungeon master mode where you can step outside the game world and do dice rolls and manage all of the all of the top level encounters like you would as a as a GM and yet use the tool set that Divinity Original Sin 2 has all the graphics all the character interactions all the movement all the rules you know keeping track of all that stuff it's pretty brilliant i haven't had a chance to try it myself i'm very curious have any of you tried it are you excited to try it it seems like a really cool way to facilitate long distance D&D style role playing with your friends if you, you know, if you're interested in DMing or GMing, uh using that as a way to to make it easier if you want to play with people across far distances. So cool that they included that mode. And I'm loving this game. Overall, it is it is such a delight. I'll dig in more over the next week or so, uh, and tell you more fun stories of my adventures in Rivalon uh, through Divinity Original Sin 2. Because like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm just at the end of Act 1 right now, 26 hours of playtime in. So I'm just scratching the surface, but what a truly awesome experience. Time for a call-in now. We were talking yesterday about great couch co-op games, and I asked you guys for some suggestions. Zach came through. Here are his recommendations for a fun couch co-op experience. Hey Jeff, it's Zach Brown in Dallas, Texas. Wanted to talk about great co-op games with your ultimate co-op partner, your significant other or spouse. Um, great games to play on the couch with them. Number one, Rocket League. Uh, great, super fun game. If you've ever played Mario Kart in your life, which most people have, it's kind of a gateway drug to Rocket League. Mario Kart's another great one, obviously. Um, the also the Mario Party series. Any you know they they haven't released a new one on Switch. I really look forward to that though. But um, uh, if you can track down an old one like an N sixty four one, uh, two or three, or even even the later ones on the Wii or on the GameCube, they're all great uh, because they are competitions. It's an even playing field for everyone. Uh, the mini games are fun, and uh, you know your spot your spouse responds to it because they want to be the winning spouse. Anyway, thanks, Jeff. Thanks, Zach. Those are great suggestions indeed. Excellent ones. I was reminded on Twitter of a game that I forgot to add to my couch co-op recommendations, and I can't believe I forgot this one because it's so good. It's so perfect. It's inexpensive. It is one of the best couch co-op experiences you can have, and that is Love in a Dangerous Space Time. If you haven't played Love in a Dangerous Space Time, you are missing out on one of the coolest, most wacky, insane, entertaining co-op experiences you will have. 
that is a game where you play uh, some people inside this spherical spaceship cruising through a a dangerous space time, a very a very dangerous galaxy full of monsters and and other dangers. But your spaceship has shields that can rotate around its circumference and also some weapons. But each of the weapons and the shields is operated by a different station inside the ship and each of those stations is separated by some little mini platforming and ladders so you are little characters inside this spaceship and you have to run around run up to the correct console that you want on the right level of the ship and control the weapons to defend yourself against the the, whatever side the the monsters are coming from it is wild and wacky because stuff will be assaulting you on all sides and you're jumping around inside the ship trying to get to the right side, right to the right control panel to use the right thing just in the nick of time, all the while trying to steer the ship in the center. Oh, it's so much fun. It is a blast for Couch Co-op. I highly recommend it. And I was sad that I forgot to say it on yesterday's show when I was touting the joys of Overcooked as well. And now here's another call-in. This one comes from John He wants to talk about the toxicity in gaming that we had been talking about all last week, and I think he makes some excellent points. Hey Jeff, this is John from DC, longtime fan of yours. I wanted to call in about toxicity in gaming and Steam reviews and online in general. Uh, I've worked in the past professionally as a community manager, online uh, moderator, and social media manager, specifically in games, and one thing I think is kind of crazy to me is that these companies aren't taking a hardline stance and permanently banning these players from the game. Uh, I think this behavior, if you really want to say that it's not welcome in your community, that is the message you need to send, is is permanently ban these people. Uh, in addition, I think a, a bigger problem is with industry as a whole is the companies, even the companies I've worked for in the past, don't want to put time, effort, or money into moderation because they think that it's an unsolvable problem, and I totally disagree. I think that moderation could actually help fix online communities and bring us back to, to, to civility online, but unfortunately, companies don't seem to want to put any money or effort into it. I hope that changes, man. Keep up the great work. Love the show. Have a good one. Thanks, John. I think you're right about the permabans tactic. I think it would be effective. I know that there's always the possibility that gamers can just start new accounts, uh, get a new email address, whatever, start new accounts, but I think that any sufficient roadblock, even if it's traversable, even if you can get around it fairly easily, the fact that there's a roadblock there to get you back in that game, I think affects people. I think it really does. And especially if you are somebody that has put time and energy into getting a ranking or acquiring stuff on a particular account, banning that account permanently is a big hit. And I think it would have a big effect. I also think that you're right on the moderation issue. Uh, That is a side that I, I think a lot of companies do put energy into, uh, but it is, man, it is a thankless, <laughs> as I'm sure you know, a rough, rough job to have to go through and just be uh, a cop, be a police officer to all that kind of garbage behavior that happens in games. And really the volume of it, I think, makes it difficult for them to address on any real effective level. You would know better than I, as somebody that's actually worked in that field, uh, but I suspect that these games uh, that are with, you know, millions of players, <laughs> what Destiny 2 had a million concurrent players, I'm sure Overwatch has hundreds of thousands, if not millions, and uh, a concurrent. And that's just a, the volume of 
that kind of moderation that would be required is is ridiculous. And I know even just dealing with reported abuse, dealing with just the reports that come in rather than proactively looking for bad behavior, just reacting to the ba- bad behavior that's already been reported is an overwhelming job. So it's tough, but I agree with you that something more needs to be done. I'm hoping that we find out how some of these strategies pan out that uh, Blizzard and others are putting into effect. I'm, I'm open to new, fresh, interesting ideas because uh, the way we are now is, is a bit untenable, and I think it's pushing good players out of games and just delving, spinning deeper into that cesspool, which none of us, I don't think, want. Hey, thanks for the call-ins, everybody. Uh, remember, you can easily send a call, and all you got to do is download that Anchor app and record your voice. Send it right in to me. I'd love to hear what you think, any ideas you might have for topics to talk about, or just comments you have on things we're already talking about. You can also reach me on Twitter. I'm at Jeff Canada with two N's and one T.